Hello, everyone, and welcome to What's Your Origin Story? I'm Alex, and today I'm here with, what's your name? Jen. <gasps> Jen's Hi. here. Yay! Yay! Jen is back. Happy We're, New Year, everyone. Yes, Happy New Year. It just happened here. I know we've had a little bit of MIA. We're just taking a short break, but we are back now. we got a lot of great episodes planned. But we just want to talk about a few things, see how you guys have been doing. How was your Christmas, Jen? It was lovely. Thank you. Lots of family around. It was chaotic and crazy and loud. That's awesome. And so did your family come in from out of town? Yes. Yeah, from out of state to be with my grandmother. So my mom's whole side of the family came in, aunts, uncles, cousins. It was great. Now, do you have like a dish, like like something that your family always prepares that's like a family tradition? Yeah, not for dinner, but every Christmas breakfast, we have breakfast casserole, which is just torn up bread, eggs, sausage, cheese, onions, and then we put maple syrup on it, as weird as that sounds. It's delicious. Uh, actually, I love sausage patties or links with maple syrup because mm-hmm. it's that sweet, you know, that savory... Um, from the sausage mixed with the sweet of the maple syrup, it's delicious. It is. It's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. So today my son, he was eating chicken nuggies <laughs> and um, he's like, I'm getting more adventurous. I tried ranch with them. <laughs> he felt very brave. And I was like, yeah, I'm, you know, that's good. Cause he's usually pretty bland. And I was like, well, have you tried honey mustard with him? He's like, no. He's like, I guess I could try it. He tried. He's like, that's pretty good. And I was like, oh, you know what the best is? Chicken nuggies with honey. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Honey chicken. Mm, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's kind of like the chicken and waffle thing. That's why. Because that syrup with the salty and the crunchy of the chicken. So, so good. Yep. So good. Yeah. He actually liked it. He was like, that's quite delicious. I may try that again. <laughs> I was like, look at you branching out. You I love know, that. Crazy. It's quite delicious. Right. My, well, my <laughs> other son is very um, much a foodie. You know, he helps me cook all the time. He'll try anything and everything. Um, he must get that from his father. <laughs> it's not you. <laughs> well, because I remember being his age and being like, you know what? I'll just take a bagel with cream cheese, please. <laughs> like the blandest, most boring, whatever. I'm picky, but I like to try new things. I'm always willing to try it. I might not like it, but I always want to try it. Oh, see, I, I've gotten braver as I've gotten older. But, you know, especially when I was younger, I was like, yeah, no, we're not doing that. It took me a long time to sort of acquire the taste for sushi. Oh, yeah. I love sushi. Me too. Now, sashimi, I like some sashimi. I, I can't eat a whole lot of it because the texture kind of gets to me after a while. Also, jello is the same way, right? Oh, okay. That texture sort of, ugh. I can take a few bites anything more than that. I'm like, okay, I just kind of want to vomit. I don't know why. See, I, I like sashimi. I like that Oh, really? Lot. Yeah, I do. Oh, see, I only like certain. I like tuna. Oh, I love tuna. Yeah. Um, But I can't eat, like, I, I wouldn't want more than two pieces of it before I'm like, okay, now I, I want the cooked, you know, the sushi stuff. Although the hot spicy tuna, that one's my favorite. The one that's wrapped in rice paper. Okay. Yeah. Delicious. Yeah. There's a sushi place, Samurai Blue. Have I've never ever- been there. Oh, we're going to have to go. Really? Yes, we're going. Samurai oh, Blue. I love it. It's in Ybor. Okay. It's in Ybor for Ybor. people <laughs> that aren't, aren't from here. So if, you, if you're a tourist, it's Ybor. For the rest of us, it's Ybor. Right? <laughs> Yeah, I remember when I um, first came here, I was like, what? Why is it spelled Y-B-O-R? Why is that Ebor? Yeah. Yeah. Before I moved here, my parents told me how to pronounce it, so I guess I never really thought that much about it. (laughs) So you already knew. I I didn't know. I I look like (laughs) such an amateur. And um, when I first moved here, uh, and we'd go, you know, because that's where you'd go to go out, right? And they used to shut down all the traffic. 
Oh, for all the restaurants and mm-hmm. everything down there. Yeah, I so didn't you, know that. Yeah, yeah. So you could walk in the streets and stuff. And then, then now they they may, they don't do that anymore. But no, I, but that it, would be nice. Yeah, it was nice, and it was packed. Like it was, and people just walking around everywhere. It's kind of cool. It's changed. That, I mean, that would be nice to have that still there. Yeah, there's still a lot of nightclubs. Um, I guess I wouldn't. <laughs> I don't really partake in the nightclubs at this point. Same. <laughs> yeah, at some point it's just kind of sad to be the old lady at the <laughs> nightclub. Really, like. <laughs> No, thanks. That doesn't sound like fun. And, that, and you're like, I can't hear anything because it's so loud. Right? And that's yeah. the other thing. When you go to the nightclub and you're like, I can't hear what anyone's saying. That's not why you're at the nightclub. They don't want us there anymore. Yeah, no. no. We, we don't really want to be there. Although, no. you know, the, there's a place downtown, Gaspar's Grotto. I've heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. So they have a great brunch. Oh, okay. Yeah. Their brunch is really good. They have everything. Crab, crab legs, lobster. We might have to do that sometime too. Yeah, I like I love a good brunch, mm-hmm. but yeah, that one's awesome. Um, but I, at night, it's kind of a wild group. I like Carmi- Carmine's Sangria. Yes, really I have good. had that. Yeah, very good. It's delicious. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, as in because in Tampa, there's something that the Pirate Invasion Gasparilla that comes every year, and I, as near as I can tell, it's like four or five weeks of nothing but parades every weekend. Seems like it. That's. Yeah. Literally all I know about it. Right. Well, the, it, it's to celebrate the pirates' invasion of Tampa. So they literally reenact a whole pirate. A pirate ship comes in, shooting the cannons, you know, faux cannons, come in, and, they're shoot, and, you know, there's people watching. It's a whole production in the downtown. And then they come in to the bay downtown, and then the mayor gives them the key to Tampa. Uh-huh. So okay. It, it's like a whole experience. But I And so there's a kids' parade, which is, you know, obviously um, kid-friendly. And then there's the adult parade. There's the day parade. Then, then later, I think another week is the night parade where they go through Ebor. Um, there's lots of one dollar beads. Or, I don't yes, know, thrown yes. people like showing their boobs for it. Yeah, not a fan of that. Been in New Orleans for that. Not, yeah. not a fan. Yeah. Well, I don't think people do it as much as they used to. I've, I've seen the night parade. It's kind of fun. It's not really a parade though. It's just a cavalcade of floats. You know, oh, okay. Like, okay. And, but most of them are pirate ship theme. Makes sense. Are on a semi bed, you know, like a floating bar. It's like a bar, right? That there was, and there's people oh, on there. Okay. So there's like these things called crews. I don't, and I really don't know what a crew does. I know they do some charity work as well, but it's K R E W E. Must be like the same in um, New Orleans, Mardi Gras. And um, they basically pay fees and, and they have to participate, I think, in uh, one or two charity, like during the months that they're active, right? So like we only do that during the winter months here. Yeah. That they have to participate in like a some sort of local charitable parade something. Oh, okay. I think. And um, but they, they're the ones that pay for all the beads and toss the beads off the semi truck. I don't know, people. I don't know what I'm saying, obviously, but it, it's they're not really like floats. You know, when you think of a parade, a traditional parade, you think of like the Rose Bowl parade or something. Right, right. Wow, it's amazing. And these beautiful like floral floats. These are just like old, um, made to look like old pirate ships and girls dress like wenches. Um, sure. And the men dress like pirates. And so there's lots of um, corsets and boobs popping out anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And um, people throw beads at you. Yeah, and so the one that's good to go to if you're new to the area and you're like, oh, I have children, go to the kids one because that one's during the day and there's nobody topless there. There's nobody doing anything weird, nobody getting drunk. I mean, they might be drunk, but you wouldn't. They're not supposed to act it. Yeah, the last time I ended up in a um, bead episode, I ended up beating some guy into the street to get him off my friend. So 
didn't end well. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, good for you. <laughs> Probably a necessary thing because it can get – they used to say that the, the adult parade used to get really wild. Yeah. Now, when I've been there, I've not seen it get wild, but – I'm also there very early because, you know, we're not staying out late. We're just going to grab something. for, And it always happens. Like, we'll go downtown for dinner. We'll be like, dang it. Wrong day. Right, because then the roads are closed and yeah, all stuff. And then it it gets capped off with um, the final weekend is a a bunch of races. So there's like – the ha- I've done those. The half marathon, Gasparilla. Oh, okay. The half marathon, the 1K, the 5K, the 10K. And then if you do them all, you get a special – jacket usually and a special medal. So you'll get medals from each of the races that you run. And then um, once you finish the last one, you'll get like the special giant medal with a pirate skull and usually parrot on there. It's really cool. Very cool. Yeah. And they're usually, it used to be the Michelob Light Challenge or the Michelob Challenge and yeah, the Corona. And it was their whole brand, like I guess Budweiser. Nice. I I wonder if they're still... Probably Mm. not. They're trying to regain their image, but I don't think it's working. Yeah. Well... Uh, I know I love seeing all these commercials because you guys know they have a lot of brands, by the way. The Kona. They do. Yeah, the Kona, the Stella Artois, because mm-hmm. um, it's no longer owned by the Budweiser's, that family. it's It got sold off. And um, so Bud, Michelob, Light. I'm yep, pretty so sure. The whole, the whole Michelob thing. And I believe Corona as well. I think so. Yeah, it could be wrong about and Corona. And definitely but, the Stella. Yes, yeah. definitely the Stella. Yeah, because I looked them up because I was like, what are their brands? Mm-hmm. Just, you know, never hurts to know. Yeah. Yeah. And so – um. In talking about just a bunch of crazy stuff that's been going on, I, I saw on Instagram there was an FBI warning going across telling, um, specifically saying for uh, like junior high or high school boys that there's a scam going around that somebody's asking them, contacting them via the phone, asking them to send pictures of their privates, right? In promise of getting something in return, the same thing in return, right? And the gentleman from the FBI said, don't do that. Like a few things. One, women's brains don't work like that. So they're not going to just like, hi, who are you? Send me a picture of your private parts. Right. We don't want to see that. No, we don't. And that's what the gentleman was saying. He's like, okay, first of all, boys, question that, you know, because women's brains don't work the same way. Right. And the the things that women are attracted to, it's, it doesn't work that way. Men are visual. Right. We want an emotional connection to that person. Right. And even if you don't, you're, if you don't know, why would you just want to look at random junk? Right. We don't want to see that. Right. Well, let's, and some people might argue like, that's not true at all. Okay. Well, let's look at the the abundance of ma- magazines, right, uh, that cater to that. Correct. Right. How many women's magazines like that exist? One. I was going to say maybe one. Maybe. I think. I don't even know if they're in production anymore. I don't, I'm not sure either because obviously I don't. Well, it's, it was obviously not. Look, if it were a big enough market, they'd still be around. People would still know who they are. And we would know about it. Yeah, we would. But they don't because largely for most of us, that's not really how we work. So the the FBI gentleman was saying, don't do this. He's like, I've seen it. He's like, it's been happening more lately. And he's like, basically it's, it's like a catfishing scam. The person that's asking you for the junk is not a woman. And then they go back to that boy and they say, Hey, I'm going to blackmail you. Send this to all your, your friends at school. I'm going to get your email list. Send it to all your friends. I'm going to send it to your school. I'm going to send it to your parents. I'm going to send it to your family, friends, everyone and embarrass you. And the gentleman said, look, they, there's a couple boys over the last two years who have committed suicide over this because they thought it was true. Terrible. And that, to me, just sort of broke my heart. Oh, it's awful. They're children. They're children. You know, 
um, that part of your brain that that outweighs risk, right, <laughs> and reward, it is not fully developed until you're for boys twenty five. For girls, I believe you're twenty two, twenty three when that develops. Yeah. Um, so how horrifying. So I I had to talk to my boys about it. So I just pulled them aside and I said, "Look, I would prefer that you didn't do this, but it's it's a big world and you're going to live for a long time. So let me just say, I would prefer if you didn't, but if you're going to, if that's what you're going to do, one, let me assure you, women don't really work that way. So you should immediately be suspicious if someone Correct. contacts you about that. Two, if you're going to do that, this, and this is for men, women, boys, girls, if you are going to do that, if you feel, okay, whatever, you do it, fine. Don't have your face in it. Don't have anything around you that could be identified or tracked to you, which means make sure there's no pictures around you with your face or your friend's faces in it or um, your high school yearbook or anything around with your name on it or anything like that. I was like, that should be, if you're going to do that. And I told my boys, I was like, no face in it. And they're like, why would we do that? I was like, look, it's a big world. You're going to live for a long time. So if you do, no face in it. Be smart. I was like, because at least then you have some amount. And that's what the FBI guy said. He's like, make sure, tell them, no face, okay? And also, you can deny that. You can say AI. You can say it's something else. You can say it's somebody else. You can say they put, you know, somebody else's body there. It's not yours. All sorts of things. But just as a protection. And I thought, yeah, as I, I think as a parent, that's something we should be telling our children. Like, I would like you not to do that. But if you're going to do that, I prefer that you do that in as smart a way as possible. And here's the thing is, I mean, every teenager is going to do something stupid. That's just, I mean, they don't think about, like when that opportunity presents itself to them, they don't think that someone's out to get them. That's not what they're thinking. They're, that's not how their brains function. And it's, it's so sad because that's the furthest thing from their minds. Right. And the way that, so and here's the other thing too, you know, it's a weird time that we live in that we're having lots of discussions about um, males and females aren't very different. Okay. I mean, everybody's going to have their own opinion about that. We're, and I'm, this show is not to debate that, but testosterone is a powerful drug. Okay. And yes. the, its effects on your body and brain are very powerful. It is actually a controlled substance. Um, and it, it's an incredibly powerful drug. And so when they go to prescribe this for older men, um, or for anyone that might have some testosterone issues, right? It it does something right to you. There's there's a, a raise in your libido. It also it, it changes the body physically as well. We know that it does. too, yeah. right? Because you start to lose body fat, right? So when it's different than going estrogen, estrogen has different, but estrogen is not a controlled substance. Okay. Also, we True. have very little studies in comparison, which is because most of the female studies, any funding they do get is generally towards reproductive services and not really towards the studying of that sort of stuff, because that's typically thought of studies for older menopausal women. Right. Is that sad? It is sad when you think about it. Yeah. Of the, like, let's say if there, somebody was saying like $350 million, like maybe the menopausal studies might get 10%, whereas the rest of that money that gets funneled into women's studies is going to be for reproductive things. Isn't that just interesting though, especially in the culture that we're in right now? That, For real. I, I mean, I think we just need to acknowledge that women's studies, the things that are going into studying women are for reproduction. Hmm. Just going to leave that there. I hmm, wonder why that is. And we know that 
you know, if you guys want to see something really horrifying is like, look up the statistics of sperm viability and the next few years, what they're predicting for the drop in testosterone and the ability for men to produce sperm in the next 10 to 15 years. It's astounding. It goes down to almost nothing because of the phthalates in um, plastic products, in your Tupperware, in your water. That's why things like that say BPA-free bifizinal, right? Bifizinal. Um, it's a yeah. chemical. It's, it's a phthalate. But also phthalates are what's in fragrance. Yeah, that's right. You had told me that. Yeah. That's right. So um, it's in almost, you know, so it's in anything that has fragrance, right? It's in your perfumes, it's in your body sprays, it's in your um, soaps, it's, it can be in, in, in plastics, a lot of things. And so it's that, there's so much of it that's actually in people's blood at this point when they wow. test it. Yeah, it's pretty horrifying. Um, but they do believe that men's sperm counts in the next 15 to 20 years is going to drop to almost nothing. So um, reproduction sexually is going to be a very difficult process. Yeah. That's sad. It is. It's really sad. It's, and it's just so weird that if we know that's what's affecting it, well, okay. Then we, then we have to go into the, the area of like, well, what happens over in Europe? Totally different. Because in order to put a chemical in something, they actually have to do the reverse that they have to do here and prove that it's safe. They have to prove that it won't harm someone. And that's how they decide whether or not a chemical can go in something or not. Did you know that? I did not, but so, I did know that they had very different regulations yeah, than we do. So there's something like, um, I mean, last time I looked, which has been a few years, like there was 1,300 chemicals that they um, won't allow to be put in anything for human beings, lotions or fragrance, whatever they're selling there. So, um, and even their food. Well, that's why I recently, especially I've been hearing a lot about how their food is so much healthier and safer for people over there than what we have here. Right. Because of that. And <laughs> that that's not the same rule that we have here in the United States, which is why, right? There's only like seven chemicals that they say we can't use. And it's not because they have to be proven that they don't harm people. So we'll put some, we'll continue to put chemicals if it, so if the FDA says, um, let's say they come out with something like it's a new deodorant. Well, we already have deodorants. So the fact that it's new, but it's still categorized as deodorant, who cares? It's fine. That, and that's how we decide. I see. So it's not that because it's already had a standard set, they're just assuming, right? I think that must be the, the because otherwise it doesn't make any sense. My only logic I can think is, yeah, if it's something that we already have and it's not an entirely new product, they don't have to test it for anything. It's only if it's something completely new. Right. I and see. then they're like- Oh, okay. Then, you know, now we've got to make sure. But the standard is also not to ensure it's not harmful to people. That's not the same standard at all. So Right. Which is wild. Um, and I think I think as a world, we're st we see the effects of this happening. It's just, um, you know, it's that old American thing too, like how much do we care, right? We've already passed laws that have allowed this sort of free reign, you know, this wild west attitude especially when you start seeing things like um chemically altered meats oh, like that, I, I know oh. so i've been i've been seeing a lot of stuff like so there's there's some company that found a way to make delicious meat using your poo poo oh no absolutely not gross yeah no oh yeah oh <laughs> God. And, and like the, okay so we have to and i have to you know this like today is a mishmash of things. So we're going to talk about some of this stuff. Yeah. Let me see if I can find it. It's on my 
my Insta, um, where it says all the names they're using for bug products, Ugh. like and that they're mixing in um, as byproducts. That if you don't know those names, you might pick up that product not knowing that. Guess what? It's got all sorts of bugs in there. You're eating insects, right? Yay! So awesome. Who doesn't want to eat insects if I can find it? Me, well, I, have to I do not want to eat insects. No, and there's, there's so much of that weird stuff going on. What is? What, I don't know. All right. Well, I'll, I'll try and find it before the end of the episode. But uh, we're today we're going to talk about John Todd. And probably, who's the other dude that we said we wanted to talk a little bit about? Oh, Zachary King. Yeah. Zachary King used to be a high wizard in uh, Satanism, in a a few satanic organizations. Um, He's also a member of the Illuminati because he said that one of the questions he always gets, people always ask him, um, is there such a thing as the Illuminati? He goes, well, I would hope so because I worked for them for 15 years. Yeah. I think- he said, correct me if I'm wrong, because it's been a while since I listened to that one, that the Illuminati and the satanic cult is, yeah. I mean, basically the same thing. They're interlinked. Yes. So there's different levels. There's Luciferian, there's Satanist, and then there's Illuminati. So your Satanist is just your basic low-level grunt as mm-hmm. far as that world is concerned. And then your Luciferian goes a level higher, right? And then the Illuminati is even higher than that. Um some people might say the Masons, the Freemasons are in on that too. I don't know where they fit the Illuminati Freemasons, right? I don't know where on the scale that is though. You know, their hierarchy. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not a Satanist. I don't know. Um, but John Todd, uh, is that that's not his original name. I don't think so. No. No, no that movie with Johnny Depp, Helena Bo- Bonham Carter, which you're like, isn't that every movie? That they're <laughs> it's not. <laughs> and also um, John Lee Hooker. From Sherlock Holmes. Oh. With Lee, Lucy Liu. Lucy Liu wasn't in it, but he was. Yeah, he was the Johnny it. Lee Miller. Yes. Yeah, John, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Not the singer. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Close. Um, it's a Johnny something. Okay. I do like him though. I do. I like really him. do too. Sherlock. He was great. Yeah. Really Agreed. Yeah. Uh, so sad when that show ended because loved him. I hadn't seen, I mean, he doesn't do a whole lot, right? He does a lot of British, um, like I'm a Jane Austen. Oh, aficionado i guess if you want to say, put it that way but yeah he does a lot of those movies and oh so good oh the movie dark shadows remember oh yeah. there's there was a show based on that dark shadows right so if for those of you who don't know who john todd is he was a i don't i don't know what generation seventh or eighth generation witch um and the movie dark shadows uh barnabas collins that's his family. His last name is actually Collins, but then he changed it to John Todd. Crazy. So Barnabas Collins, who that, that show is about, um, he actually, John Todd, formerly Collins, right? He was in the production of that show because it was based on his family. That's crazy. I, <laughs> it's absolutely crazy. That's based on... A real thing. I can't even fathom. Right. So, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about both of those guys, but with John Todd. So he, he later came out to be a Christian, right? But he was a Satanist, right? For a very long time. Mm-hmm. And he grew up his whole family, right? So he's like, it wasn't even like 
anything to him. He's like, this is just the normal performing spells, learning these things, um, studying. Cause you know, it's a practice of studying as well. Their books, what they read. He said, uh, what do he say? He said that books that they always read and he was surprised Christians read them too, was, um, the, oh, uh, was turn, turn screw tapes. Uh, yes, that's right. The screw tape letters. Sorry. C.S. Lewis. What is wrong with me today? I, everything, my tongue is like crazy today. C.S. Lewis and then uh, The Hobbit. What was his name? Yeah, J.R. Tolkien, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. J.R.R. He said he was shocked because they consider those to be uh, pretty informative as far as their world, the, the whole witchcraft. and. Uh, Isn't that kind of so. crazy though? Because those two authors, you know, claim to be Christian. Like that's yeah. why we read them is because they're Christian books. Isn't that kind of nuts that they read those two as part of their books? Yeah. So there's a whole series of tapes from John Todd. I guess my husband has them all. I didn't know that. I started talking to him about it the other day. And he's Good like, to know. He's like, I have those. And I was like, what? He's like, on cassette maybe. I was like, we're going to have to find a way to- I miss my just, tape player. Right. right we're, oh, we just clicked online louder. That's weird. I thought it got really soft in here. All right, let me turn that down just a little bit. But yeah, he says he has them um, on cassette tapes. I'm like, okay, we're going to have to convert those to MP3s because <laughs> I don't even know how we'd listen to them. I don't think you can anymore. No, but the, you you can actually go because I looked um, on to uh, Amazon and there's a way – and there's a cassette player that hooks up to your computer to turn them into MP3. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, because – I don't think I have any cassette tapes left, but he said he had a whole set. So I was like, oh, we're going to have to check those out. <laughs> but I guess he gets, so I guess in some of his later stuff, he goes into it because as far as I know, I've only been able to find eight of his sermon recordings where he just talks to people about his experience of having grown up as a witch. Now, okay, so witches are not necessarily involved in satanic cults, right? Let's clarify that. Because I know there's going to be a lot of people like, well, I'm a witch and I don't do that. Yep. True. There, there's a huge variety out there. There's, and I don't know them all. So forgive my ignorance, but I know um, there's Wiccan. Yes. Right. There's um, hedge witches, which I believe is more, I, Wiccans I thought were pretty nature-based too, but I guess hedge witches are also um, of the ilk, do no harm, but mainly their focus is the natural world. That's what I've heard for both of those. Yeah. Okay. So we know again, I'm not an expert. I don't know, but that's what I've heard. Yeah. And he didn't clarify what he was, but anyway, he grew up in this whole lifestyle and learning all the ways, but he had some crazy things to say when he went to talk to a church. And this was probably like what in the eighties. Yeah. It's decades ago. Yeah. And do, so he, he long experiences, many experiences. He killed someone when he was in the military and it was an officer. Right. And I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. And he was, he was hoping to reenlist after Vietnam because he loved it, which is a really weird experience. That's weird. First of all. <laughs> right. Well, he says he believes that he, um, and a few groups were like, Hey, let's go and infiltrate the military with witchcraft because they need witchcraft. And then he got in and he's like, yeah, I loved it. And he, he got addicted to drugs and all these. Stuff. So he ended up killing an officer and they literally sent him to jail Right. And yep. this is when he realized how powerful his family was. Do you remember? I, I don't go ahead. Okay. So he, he was sitting in jail and he's like, yeah, this is just where I'm going to stay now because you know, I'm in the military and he, he killed an officer. And he said, just not even a few days later, he, his, 
one of the commanding officers let him out and basically gave him a plane ticket, handed him an envelope and uh, with $1,000 in it cash. Yes, that's which, right. Which at the time was a lot of money and a plane ticket to, what was it, New York City? Or was it California? That's California. I think California. Yeah, because he was going to start working on the show. And so um, he he was talking to his family after that. And he's like, yeah, I was surprised to know that because it was the person who came to get him was also um, involved in government. And he's like, I didn't know they were witches too. And then his mom was like, they're not. They're on our payroll. And But he got out and they, they totally, they, with an honorable discharge even. That's crazy. He faced no, nothing, no time, no time other than maybe that whatever few days he served. Yeah. And uh, got honorably discharged. And basically they said, you're going to want to go here because people want to talk to you. And that's when they started to work on the production of Dark Shadows based on his family, which strange, but that was a funny movie. It is a funny movie. What just bothers me about that is the lack of respect for human life. That's just like human life is important. If someone loses their life, I feel like there needs to be consequences there. Yeah. Especially, um, and you know, it's a drunken brawl, right? Essentially right. that that's how that guy got killed and to not face any repercussions for that. But, you know, he's like, yeah, you know, that's, uh, that's when he started to realize how incredibly powerful his family was. Mm-hmm. He didn't, I mean, he knew his family was weird probably, but he didn't realize how, Power, and how much money they had. and uh, I think that was just normal to him. Yeah. And so he started um, in California and he said he was just having a good time. He was doing a lot of drugs. <laughs> of course. Yeah. And then he lived in an apartment that was above a, um, I don't know, a witchcraft store. Like they had a lot of pagan stuff, pagan worship stuff in there. Yeah. And I he said it. he really didn't have anything to do with the store, but it was just below him and obviously – somewhat involved because one day when someone didn't show up to work, they called him in and said, Hey, we need you to open the store because this person is in the hospital or something happened. They won't be coming today. So he opened it up and then he got the register ready for the girl that was coming into work. And he said that, um, all of a sudden the door opens and this guy walks in and he said, Hey, are you, I'm looking for John Todd. He's like, I'm John Todd. And the guy was like, well, I have been praying for you. <laughs> and it was, do you remember that story at all? It was a pastor. I do. Again, I'm, I'm not remembering details very well, but I do remember that the pastor came in. Yeah, the pastor came in and he was like, look, he's like, you know, he had been used to dealing with this like um, evangelicals coming in and trying to, uh, you know, convince him to leave his ways. But he's like, first of all, he didn't know who this guy was, but the guy asked, and he obviously didn't know what he looked like. He's like, but he knew. He's like, yeah, I've been told to pray for you. And he's like, he started cussing him out. And he said, then he started saying like almost a spell. And he's like, and most of the time when he would do that, and especially if he got loud, he goes, it would scare most Christians off and they would leave. He goes, but this guy would not shut up. He goes, he just kept praying. He's like, and then he's like, he's like, I don't know what happened. He goes, but he's like, he looked at him and the guy told him, I command all the demons in you to shut up. And he's like, and he's like, I, I didn't want to believe that that's what it was. He goes, because he goes, I did stop talking. He goes, and I just started listening. He goes, because he goes, I told myself that the reason that happened was because the guy was just so weird. He's <laughs> like, I just, he's like, I don't know. He's like, but he was weird. And, um, 
And he's like, the guy could tell he was on drugs because he was like, he was super, super skinny and he was just looking for his next high. Mm -hmm. And and the pastor basically said, look, I, I pray for your drug dealers to lose their supply, that they'll not be able to supply you with anything. And he did all this in Jesus' name. And the guy's like, whatever. He basically just laughed it off. He, and he goes, then the guy left or he kicked him out, you know? And then he's like, he went back up. He's like, and earlier that day, whatever his drug of choice was, and I believe, you know, it was um, not the typical heroin. I think he was doing meth. I was going to say, I thought it was meth. Yeah. And there was one other one he liked to do, but it, he's like, everybody else was doing heroin. He was, and he was dealing in drugs. His family had a, <laughs> a thing. Of course. Drug running. Right. And he's like, well, he's like, I went back to my room. He's like, I took my last supply of whatever I had. He goes, because I knew that there was a bunch of kilos coming the next day. He goes, as a matter of fact, this is, you know, they were coming in the mail. He's like, and I knew it. He's like, so I wasn't worried. He goes, plus we had another shipment coming in from Mexico. Not a problem. And he's in California. He's like, so it'll be here anytime. And he's like, it's supposed to be the next morning. <laughs> so he's like, you know, is he's like, so I'm, I'm like, whatever, by the time I come off this, I'll have another supply. Well, that's not what happened. As it turned out, what actually happened was as he started to come to and get sober, the guy that was coming in from Mexico got high or took the heroin before he went through the border <laughs> and and left all the stuff open on the back seat when he went through border crossing. So of course, <laughs> yeah, they did not make it. No, he did not make it. So all that got detained, right? And there, there's no way he's going to get it, right? They, they, they got all these kilos. I don't know how many kilos he said it was, but it was a lot. And because that guy was stoned out of his mind when he went through border crossing, they they seized it all. So then he's like, okay. He's like, so then I start calling around. And then he, a, another supply, right, was supposed to be coming. Well, that's right up too. So now he he's like, he's sobering up and he's like, and he's starting to get the sweats. He's in pain. He's cramping up. All these things are starting to happen. He's freaking out. But it's interesting because it was the day that that pastor said, I pray that your drug dealers will no longer be able to supply you with drugs. That's right. And, and that's what happened. So then he said that he went, um, out that night. Cause he's like, he can't sleep. He's twitchy. He's sick. He's starting to get really ill. Now he went to see a movie and it was, it was a movie about Drugs, right, and <laughs> salvation, and a right, some yeah. guy right came to know Christ in the movie, and he said he was such a jerk through the whole thing. He's like he was screaming at the screen, just let him do drugs. What's the problem, man? Leave him alone. He's like because he's pissed. This has got him all incensed now. <laughs> like why would he see this movie? What was that movie? Do you remember? No, I can't like remember either. Some like late seventies, yeah. movie. I don't know. One of those weird ones. I'll have to look up the we'll title. Have to look it up. Yeah, but. I was like, yeah, that sounds about right for a 70s movie. Correct. And so then he said he heard about this uh, this one strip club that he went to, right? But it was no longer a strip club because it. what happened was it used to be a burlesque club. Then one night a pastor came in and <laughs> while the girls were up stripping, he starts just out just talking, just preaching right? He goes, and as that's happening, the stripper comes down off the stage and starts asking him to pray for her. And and then another stripper and then other people at the bar, like he, it was a whole conversion that happened one night when this burlesque strip club was open. 
Which I kind of love. Right? And he's like, so what ended up happening is that the people that had that club, they came to know Christ too because of that pastor and they actually let him have it to turn it into a Christian coffee shop. Yes, that's right. That's right. <laughs> I was like, it wasn't a church, but yeah, a Christian coffee shop. That's right. Yeah. Love it. Love it. So now, you know, he's watched this movie and now it's got him really pissed off because he thinks that the reason he hasn't gotten his drugs is because of what this pastor prayed. Which it is. Yes. Yeah, totally. I mean, it had to be. So then he went in and he was pissed off and he starts, you know, wanting to talk to someone about this. And he starts telling the guy that's at this coffee shop what he's into and like what his family's into. And that guy's not qualified. He goes, you know what though? He goes, I do know somebody that can help you. So then he places a call and he calls and he's like, and it's late at night. He goes, what pastor do you know is going to answer the phone at like one, two in the morning? He's like, but this pastor, pastor answered the phone and even came in. Well, guess who the pastor was? Same one. Yeah. That guy who'd been praying for him. That's right. He's like, I've been praying for you for months. <laughs> wow. Like what? He said, you know, and so because of his lifestyle, he said, look, he goes, it, it's not as easy as I, I say I want to be a Christian. And no, he's like, if he's like, if that happened, he goes, they would kill me. They, they, he's like, because that's what happens. That's how you get out. When you're that high up, that's how it works. You know, they kill you. He's like, and I couldn't tell people that that's what I was doing. He's like, so he's like, but as the pastor's talking to him, he's like, they can promise you all kinds of, he's like, and none of that's tempting for a witch. None of that's tempting for people that believe in the power of Satan and his abilities. He's like, none of that is interesting. He goes, but the one thing he said to him is that if he followed Jesus, Jesus, because he said he would take away all his fears. And he said, and that got him. Do you remember him saying that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because he was saying that the one thing that because of all the things that he had done as a witch and all the spells that he had performed, he said, you know, some of those things were so horrifying that for some witches, it would turn their hair white overnight. Wow. He's like, but it was the curiosity of what he's like, it's not that they weren't afraid. It's just that the curiosity of what might happen next, they wanted to see. And so they would go back and do it again. He's like, no matter how frightening it was, he's like, but every single day of his life, he lived with fear because of the things that he had done. Those things, however you guys might feel. And I know this is not a strictly Christian podcast, but I think, um, I believe in the supernatural. Agreed. Because I'm Christian, you know, my God is a supernatural God. And so I would be a fool to not believe that the supernatural exists in the opposite as well. Right. So That's what right. he was saying was that he was literally from the things that he would awaken and the things that he would communicate with, he was literally terrified. Well, I think Satan is fear. God is love and faith. Satan is the opposite. fear. That's, yeah. that's who he is. That's the only thing he can give is yeah. fear. Well, imagine, you know, this guy has enough power and then, you know, and maybe not, he, he didn't go explicitly into his power and that's where we'll, we'll segue into Zachary King. Well, John Todd did come to know Christ and he became a Christian. And so he went around giving these talks about the things he'd seen, which were fascinating, um, they're on YouTube. I will put a link to one in the show notes. In the meantime, I'll try and transcribe um, my husband's cassette tape collection. Good luck. Yeah, because I'd like to listen to all of them. And I know you want to hear them too. I would love to. Because he was really interesting. Um, but Zachary King is, um, he's also a Christian now. And he, how do you say this? He started as a young child. Do you remember any yes. of that story? Yeah. Do you want to go into it? 
Yeah, I mean, he was, I believe, in elementary school, wasn't he? He was 10 when he started. And it was, and this is this is what fascinated me, is it started with the Bloody Mary right yeah. in the mirror, which yeah. here's the thing is there was a park across the street from my house growing up, and I had friends that tried to get me to go into the bathrooms in that park and do this Bloody Mary thing. Like, that's what got me is this started in a quote unquote innocent way that even I could have ended up yeah. in such a, a kid, thing. A kids too. Right. Well, and that's what he, so he went in to the school bathroom with a bunch of his classmates. I think he said like 50 yeah. or something. And they did this Bloody Mary chant chant yeah. into the mirror and it worked. Yeah. A demon appeared in the mirror. And when everybody else ran out, he stayed because he was fascinated by it. And that's how he got started. And he found out that he could conjure this demon up whenever he wanted. Yeah. And so he said that they told him that, and it was a bunch of upperclassmen um, too, because he was 10. So he was what, maybe fourth, fifth grade. And he said, they told him, they said, now we're all going to chant this at the same time. Right. And I don't know how long, I don't, I don't even know what the chant is. I know that maybe you just, I don't know if you just say Bloody Mary over and over. I can't. I can't even remember. Yeah. And I know there's been movies about it, like, but who even knows? And I never actually did the chant. My friend just told me what to say and wanted to go in there. And I said, absolutely not. I'm not doing that. Yeah. I never did that one. I I did play with the Ouija board once when I was Thank God I never did that. Yeah, I did that. That podcast we listened to about that was so upsetting to me. (laughs) I mean, just for those people, just the horrible things that can happen with that. It's awful. Yeah. It's just a game, y'all. Uh, no, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's and those things followed some of these people f- for life. the rest of their lives, yeah, which life. is yeah. terrible. Yeah, because you know, then you're leaving yourself open and not knowing how to protect yourself. That's the, you know, that's the other reason. And uh, you know, okay, I'll say this is a Christian. The Bible's very clear. It says, "What is that?" He's like, one of the things that fascinated him is that when he was little, he was a little magic nerd. He's he kind of loved it, and so that's the other reason it sort of pulled him in. And so he'd ask his parents, and he'd ask he asked his pastor. And he's like, is magic real? And they're like, no, no, no. There's no such thing as magic. Well, he's like, yeah, he's like, my pastor didn't know. And my father didn't know. He's like, my mother didn't know. They all said no. He goes, but if that were the truth, he's like, there are 33 verses in the Bible that tell you do not do magic specifically. He goes, now, and I love this point, And I think it's true. He goes, God doesn't tell you not to do things that you can't do, right? Like he doesn't say, don't jump off a house and, and fly because you can't, right? You can't fly. No matter what you do, you can't fly. You you don't have wings. You know, you don't have anything. If you don't have any something external to do, you can't fly. So God's not telling you things you can't do. He's like, but why, if there's no such thing as magic, why are there 33 verses in the Bible that say, don't do it? Right. Right. Well, and look at when Moses was trying to talk to Pharaoh about getting the Israelites out of yeah. Egypt. Pharaoh's magicians were able to do some of the things that Moses was doing. Right. Well, and Moses' staff. Right. 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 And so for those of you who are like, mm, let's talk about Cardi B when she starts talking about wanting to carry a staff. Kane is a staff, guys. Um, why does she say that? For those of you who know, you know what I'm talking about. And she's specifically talking about those demons that she thought she had killed before, but brought back up with a song. And that is directly from Cardi B's mouth. Okay. Right. So um, there's all sorts of things that that would refute otherwise. Like you can believe what you want to believe, but if you look further into it, that, and that's why the fascination, that's why there's so many movies about the supernatural. And, and to say, look, that's his pastor. There are pastors that would tell you that, the, in fact, the supernatural does exist. Those things are real. Um, 
I do know that there's some churches that will be like, absolutely not, right? I think that's a shame. I think you're doing a disservice because you can't, <laughs> there's a certain level of protection people need to understand too, that if you're going to mess, and there are people in this world, trust me, that can deal with the supernatural, that are Christians, right? And or even not Christians that have the ability and the strength of care, because it is scary. It is scary. That world is frightening because you imagine, you know, just like we'll go a little bit more into a story, but imagine like being a 10 year old and they say that if you do it right, the um, face of a burn victim will pop up in that mirror and stare back at you. Mm -hmm. And it did for him. It did. And that's why he got hooked in because he's like, everybody else is saying magic doesn't exist. And yet this happened. He's like, and I 100% knew it's because of stuff that I did that brought that thing there. He felt powerful. Right. But I think the point too, and like, this is what's sad about going back to the John Todd story when he said that he would scare a lot of the other pastors. I think we have to realize God is bigger than Satan. Like we can't, Way, yeah. we can't be afraid of that. We don't need to be afraid of that. There right. is power there. Yeah, for sure. But God is bigger. God is more powerful. Right. And if we walk with authority and we know the authority we've been given, God says he'll give you the ability, right? And even to do those things and even greater. That's so, right. you know, we have to understand that 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 is something that, you know, if that's what you want to deal with, you just have to go into it knowing like, yeah, but have that full authority and, and know what that authority is. Because believe me, devils, the devil knows. You got to know who you are. And the devil knows the Bible better than most of us do, right? I mean- Which had, is a real shame. He's had a lot longer to look it over and get real in depth with it. So he knows the rules, right? So this boy saw this face and he's like, he was fascinated. And I guess they were doing it every day in school to the point to where so many kids were going into the bathroom to see it because now it's a big rumor is that kids were, um, someone broke their arm and their leg because they were getting trampled when all the kids would scream and leave. Yeah. Right. And so they sent a, a note home that said, anybody caught doing Bloody Mary- will be expelled immediately. And he's like, my dad was a Marine. He's like, and he's terrifying. He's like, so he didn't want to get in trouble. He's like, but then he's like, I didn't want to do it at school anymore because I didn't want that to happen. So he started doing it all the time when he'd get up in the morning, at night, afternoon, night, before he went to bed after his bath, he would do it. And he'd do it until he could see the face. Yeah. He did it every day, all the time. <laughs> For, I can't. Okay. Dude, really? You'd like to see that scary person looking back at you in the mirror? Again, I think it was just a power thing is that he, it wasn't the face. It was the fact that he did it. He felt like he did it. Yeah. Which, cause I agree with you. What kid wouldn't be running screaming from that? I'm, and then to be like, I can't wait to see that thing again. Right. Uh, hell's to the no. Right. But okay, kid. <laughs> so this already tells you that this kid, <laughs> this kid is one foolishly brave, right? Agreed. Like, <laughs> dude. Oh, what happened? Uh, hold on. Uh, okay. Yeah. So the insanity of being brave enough to keep wanting to see that thing staring at you is insane to me. Yeah. There's no way, no way. I didn't want to see it at all. That does not sound fun. <laughs> right? No. So what, do you remember the progression of that? Like after he saw that, how he used it? Cause I do if you don't, but I was. Well, what I remember, and you might have to correct yeah. me is that then he decided if he could start seeing doing that, like conjuring up this face, he could get whatever he wanted. And so I think then he decided to start doing chance for money and right. started just money just Yeah, he made up, up his own spells, I yeah. guess. And so he said, he said, you know, 
because now he wanted to test the theory. He goes, now that I know magic is real, let me test this. He goes, so um, he was still doing Bloody Mary all the time. But he said, you know what? Let me let me say some sort of spell for money. So he did. He's like, and the next day, it was on the weekend, and he went out somewhere on the playground somewhere, and he found a $5 bill. And he's like, you know, this is – he's like when penny candy costs a penny. Mm-hmm. And he's like, dude, I'm rich. He's like, this is amazing. He's like, you know, then a few weeks go by and he's like, you know what? Let me let me see if that was just a coincidence. Let me try again. So then he he does it again. And so this next time he finds a $10 bill. And he's like, I'm going to be rich, man. <laughs> I could do this like every day. So then he's like, you know what? I have another idea. Really kind of, I mean, super smart though, really. Because he's like, now he's like, so then I, he's like, I'm, I get the stuff already. I start to do the spell. He goes, but then in the middle of it, I stop, I go to the bathroom and I start doing the Bloody Mary. He goes, and I wait until I see the face. He goes, and then in front of that thing, he finished the spell. That's right. Because he I was like, about that. let's test this out. All right. Let's see what happens when I do that. Because, you know, now he's, because he doesn't really know what he's doing. So he's sort of like testing out the theory. He's like, let me just think. He's like, so then the next day, he's out somewhere. He's like, and it's like an abandoned parking lot. There's no reason for anything to be there, right? And like, I think one of the things he found was, it was, oh yeah, the first time when he found money, it was a thing of tennis balls, uh, the, the thing that they're kept in, the container. Yeah. And he opened, and there's a $5 bill. And he says like, so this time he goes, he's walking around, he's an abandoned parking lot. Uh, why is your kid playing in an abandoned parking lot, first of all? Well, it was a different time. <laughs> yeah, I know. Totally. That's what I tried to explain to Matt because I let Weston listen to it and we're, we're talking about it. Cause, yeah, a very different time. So you have to understand, like, this was the time where parents, you know, if it was the summer, you were outside all day. Right. Like, you'd come in to maybe drink something, some Kool-Aid, and then run back maybe out Maybe a play. popsicle. Yeah. And then go play. Until your parents, like, the lights came on and then they would yell for all the different kids at different times to come up. That's that's what you did because there was no there was nothing else to do other than play, ride your bike, do all your things. There were no video games. No. So he's like, he um, so he did this, he goes out and he's like, he looks on the ground and he goes, he because he's little, he's only like 10 years old. He found a roll and he goes, he thought it was monopoly money. He's like, well, let me just pick it up, put it in my pocket. And then he had to go home. So he goes home. And it was before he went to bed, he takes it out. And because he's he thinks it's monopoly money because he's never seen a one hundred dollar bill before. That's right. See, this is the part I remember is yeah. finding it just in a parking lot. Right. And it was actually 10 $100 bills all wrapped with a rubber band yeah. in a roll. And he's like, he'd never seen that before. And he was like, I'm so rich. He goes, yeah, I'm going to get me that Lamborghini. That's <laughs> <right>. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. He really yeah. liked that car. Right. And yes. And he was so little and he was like, He's like, and I start thinking, it'll take me this many days if I find this every day. He goes, and then I can have it. He goes, never mind the fact. He goes, I wasn't thinking like, who's going to buy it for me? Who's paying for insurance? Who's going to drive it? I was gonna, who's going to drive the car? <laughs> right? He's like, how do I explain that to my father? He's like, how do my <laughs> parents take me in to buy it and tell the guy that my son's paying in cash? <laughs> His 11-year-old, you know, just buying a Lamborghini. Uh, he's like, he's like, sure. He goes, I didn't think about all that. He goes, so when I thought about it, he's like, yeah, he's he's like, I just started spending it on clothes and things he wanted, um, records, right, albums, and um, 
whatever he wanted, clothing. He said his mom- Shoes, I think too, yeah. Yeah, he said he was a clothes artist. He said his mom, you know, back then Sears would sell a box of goods, like boys' clothes, box of boys' clothes for this much money, this size. And he's like, his mom would do that all the time. And she would never open it. She would just hand it to him and say, you know, see if you like something in there, whatever. And um, when they would go to Goodwill, she would give him money to buy things, little things, you know, like an album or something. He goes, but so she didn't notice when he had, you know, she's like, maybe she bought me 10 pairs of shoes and I would buy myself another five. She didn't notice which were the ones she bought. She just thought they were all stuff she bought, clothes galore. It's like, and so he did this every day as a little kid so that he, he had a lot of money. Well, and it sounds like he said later too that his parents worked a lot and really weren't home. Yeah. So I don't think that they really were around to notice any of this anyway. Right. And then the story takes kind of a sad twist because, you know, he's one of his teachers in school about a year later started molesting him. And she told him that if he told anyone he would go to jail because this was a crime and he was little and he didn't know what was happening to him really. He said he didn't, he'd never been told any of that stuff. So he didn't know. He only knew that the words that he would have to use to describe what she had done to him were words that he was not allowed to use at home. And because he was so afraid of his father, he said that he used one of those words in front of him before and he got a beating. He's like, so I didn't want to tell him that that's what had happened because then he would have to use those words and those were the only words he knew to describe it and he would get into more trouble. So he didn't tell anyone. He said, but at the, about the same time, he started acting out. Um, and he, he because he doesn't have the words to describe what happened to him. He got violated, mm-hmm. you know? And the I think sometimes the world has a really twisted view on sexual assault, um, especially when it comes to, Boys, little boys, let me assure you, the sexual molestation of a child, whether male or female, is devastating. I think it fractures your soul. Yeah. You know, and the Dr. Phil says it kills that child. Yeah. You killed that person, who they were supposed to be, who they were meant to be, what they could have become. You killed them. They're a new person now. They're not dead, but they're a new person because of what happened to them and whether male or female. And so he didn't have the words. So he, his father, he said, his father said that was about the age that he turned into a real jerk. Yeah. And, and I think we all know why. Yeah. Right. I, I feel so bad for that little kid. And also, ew, right. For the teachers that what's going on. Is it just me or does that seem like <sighs> that's happening more and more? Like when I was in school, that was some like freak thing that you would hear about every once in a while. And it would be like horrifying. Now I feel like I hear about it on Instagram. Of course, we didn't have social media back when I was a kid either, but I feel now you hear about this kind of stuff on, so on Instagram, like every week it's horrifying. It it is horrifying. I I just, and I don't know if it's happening um, more than it used. I don't know. I don't know. You know, because like- Maybe it's just because of social media that we're actually hearing about it now when we didn't before. Yeah. Because I think that stuff was all still happening. I just think we didn't know about it the way that we do now because of social media. Right. Um, And I, this is something I'll add to, to the boys being molested because, you know, the way boys parts work, Let let's just, you know, the elephant in the room is going to be that, and Oprah said this before, Sexual assault 
um, especially on a child or sex, like sexual grooming, right? Molestation. It's a process. And it, those things, sex is meant to feel good, right? So there's that as well. So just because a little boy gets an erection, right? Doesn't give an adult the right to do that to their bodies, you know, just to be clear. Okay. And so a lot of times people will say, well, because they got an erection. Does not matter. It doesn't matter. It it really doesn't. I, that's just gross to me that 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 you think that anybody could think that because the boy got an erection, it's okay. This is a child, right? Right. Period. Right. This is a child, and it did it did fracture him, and this led him down a very dark path because then he started doing drugs. He yeah. started doing. He started smoking marijuana, and I know some people say, "Well, marijuana is legal now," and blah. It, but it led him down into other drugs that were harder. So then, around the age of twelve. A neighbor comes around and says, hey, you know, um, there's this cool house that I go to. We play Dungeons and Dragons. We do all these cool things. We play video games. Get, let's do whatever we want. So he started hanging out with this 12-year-old at these people's house. I don't even know if these people had children, to be honest. Actually, you make a decent point. He never said that they did. Right. But they, it was the party house. Right. Um, where he said they were allowed to smoke. They were allowed to drink. They were allowed to take drugs. They were given the drugs. Whatever they wanted. Now, you'll realize later why. Right, because it, all these things were not for free. I, I think what they saw in him was somebody who was damaged. Something was happening. Yeah, and I think they saw, you know, in the way that predators, right, sociopaths, um, are often very good at just watching someone and seeing where their pain is, and that's what they did with him. And so they took advantage of that. And <laughs> so he, he, as he gets to know these adults in the house, um, I think he told them what happened to him at that age. And they said, Hey, your magic and your power got taken away from you when you were 11 years old. It got stolen from you, but I know how you can get it back. Do you, you want to go into those? Well, no, go, go ahead. Go <laughs> really? ahead. Okay. So then they said, you know, the way you can take that back is you can be a star. We can put you in movies where, you know, that thing that was done to you, you can do to other kids. And so Sorry, it makes me sick. <laughs> it, it's really gross. They, he starts making he starts making kitty porn with them. Yeah, and um, so and there's there's other children in the videos that he's doing this stuff with that they have him doing this stuff that they've also groomed, right? It, let's make no mistake. Whether or not those people were in the video, I don't care if they were shooting the video. I don't care what they're doing. They're, they're guilty because they're taking advantage of these children's fragile state, damaged state, and instead of helping them, they further damage them. So then he goes on. He said he was he did this for like 5 6 years. Yeah. And he's like he was a star in that world. Like in the kitty porn world because it you know the way that they exchange those tapes back and forth it's so gross. Um so he he goes on but he's like you know I, he's like in my mind I think I'm king of the world because he's like I'm getting laid and every weekend. Yeah, he's like every, every weekend. Anytime I want. He's like I'm doing drugs. I get to do everything I want. He goes, you know, and at home, my parents are like, nope, nope, nope. Can't do this. Can't do that. He's like, I go there. And they're like, yep, 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 yep. We'll take you here. We'll take you there. He goes, we'll take you to the concert. We'll take you out of town. Because my parents let him because they trusted them. You know, that was well, the time. And this is what gets me is he's, I think he said, correct me if I'm wrong, that the reason his parents didn't think anything of this is I believe these people were part of their church. Yeah. His yeah. family went to church. Yeah. And these people were, if I'm not mistaken, I think he said like, deacons or something in the church. Oh, Lord. And so there was no reason for his parents to mistrust these people. And this is what they were doing to these kids. Yeah. He said, you know, they'd be like, hey, 
you know, he's like, I'd go home and say, I can I go to this concert. My dad would say, no. Um, he's like, I want to go to this movie. And his dad would say, no. He's like, but he would go over there and they'd be like, hey, guess what we're doing this weekend? We're going to see this movie and then we're going to go to this concert. He's like, it was amazing. He goes, but here's the part. No one knows. He goes, you know, so on the way driving to the concert, we'd stop somewhere. Like it was an overnight trip. He goes, and then we'd stop at a hotel and they'd film some kitty porn. He's like, and then we get back in the drive and then we go to the concert. And he said this went on and on until he was about 16. He said, then he, he's like, um, he started to grow a mustache. He goes, and nobody wants to see, uh, you know, yeah. an adult. Oh, and they would even have other adults in the film. That's what, yeah, my, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because mm-hmm. there were other Sorry. kids in there. Can't, can't. I know. There were other kids in there and there were also adults in there. He said, but once he started growing a mustache, he, he aged out because he was 16. And nobody wants to see an adult with a boy that has a mustache. Ugh. What? Uh, what? What's... <laughs> Just so many things wrong with this, but so he, but he's still doing drugs. But he does go off to college, and um, but at the, but even before that, let's go back up a little bit. He asks the guy, he's like, "Hey, um, I heard you guys were a coven, a Satanist coven." He goes, "Um, what is that?" And, and the guy starts to tell him about it, and he goes, "You know, and there's like 13 things that you have to do um in order to join." He goes, "And you've probably already done 11 of them." He goes, "But." would you like to join? And he's like, yeah, cool. He's like, I get to do more of this. He's like, the way that he saw it was that God didn't do anything in his life. He goes, so, and Satan was doing more for him (laughs) as in he was getting money. He was getting power. He was getting sex. He was getting the drugs he wanted. He was getting whatever he wanted. So he's like, yeah, if this is what Satan's giving me, I'm all in. Yeah, let's do it. And he was, I think when he went to college, he said that there were a few covens that he tried to join first but yeah. he was disgusted with them because they would just go and basically just act like college guys get drunk whatever and then go to church on sunday mornings and yeah he regular was like, church. what are you doing like yeah he's like do yeah. we not believe that satan's real you know he's like why would you do that it, yeah he's like that <laughs> he had a, a superiority complex about yeah, it like he was really disgusted with those guys he's like that's not satanism I'll show you what Satanism is. <laughs> but basically, I really do think he was all out to like sin to the fullest. Like he uh, really was. He was dedicated. Yeah, he wanted he, to sin in every way possible. Yeah. And he talks about how in order to like do this, do you remember that he had to sign with, in blood? Yeah. He had to sign. And I believe one of the statements was first they cut his thumb and they used his blood. And they um, he had to put his fingerprint on because that was his signature. But it was also proof. You know, it was blood. Blood's a covenant. Right. That's right. Same, which is interesting, you guys, because it's the same in the Bible. Covenant is, right? Blood. Here's the thing. Satan can come up with anything new. All he can do is twist what God has already done. Exactly. So, so, um, the first one was he had to sign a statement that says, um, God, God died for everyone's sin, but not for mine. Right. That's right. And uh, I don't quite remember the second one. Do you? I know they were, they were all things like that is that. Yeah. God died, died on the cross, his... but not for me. Right. That was the second one. That's right. Yeah. And then the third one was he agreed to sell his soul to the devil. That's right. Yep. That's all three. And I think um, it was like what? That he also, that he, didn't he say like he rose from the dead and went yeah. to heaven, but not for me. But not for me. I think. Yeah. yeah. And then he sold his soul. The last one I know was that he promised to sell his soul to the devil. So he's like, yeah, sure. So and they said, okay. And they're like, you signed that. And um, they're like, but the, they said the one thing left to do was he had to perform at 14 years old an abortion mm-hmm. on someone, a live abortion. That's right. We're not going to 
because <laughs> it would probably get my podcast banned. We're not going to talk about <laughs> what happens. But he, needless to say, he did perform an abortion in front of a group. And then they put him in a vat uh, full of blood, um, urine, mm-hmm. and pig's blood. Human blood, pig's blood, and urine. And bathed them in it, basically. Which, first of all. Yeah. Ew. Why? Like, wh- ew, gross. Like, at least in Christianity, when you get immersed and you get baptized, it's just water. Right. Just, just water. water. Nobody's peed in there. But that blood, we know of. <laughs> urine, and pig's blood? Yeah. Ew. Ew. <laughs> right? Um, and they said, and then they let him bathe, and then they put him in a black robe. Right. But first they put him in the white robe and then dipped him in that blood to show that he's it's the opposite of being made clean. That's right. Now, and that's and that's exactly the reason why the pig's blood, the human blood, and the urine, because it's the symbolic opposite of being washed clean. That's right. And white as snow, right? Like the Bible says. So it's the opposite. Now you are covered in filth, in swine, right? In excrement. So now you belong to Satan. I, I do believe that's why, because it's symbolic of oh, that. It's, it's absolutely gross. symbolic, yeah, so for gross. sure. So then they let him bathe, and then they put the black robe on him. Then I think he signs the thing. Um, and skipping past what happens to the abortion. Mm-hmm. But he said in his lifetime, he had performed um, 146 abortions, yeah. live abortions. And what? I, I can't even. I can't even. But that's why now <laughs> we'll get there. Yeah. So go on. I was just going to say now – his whole life's work yeah. is to be pro-life and to save human life and babies' lives because right. of what, what he did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and one of the things I loved, uh, and there's so much to his testimony. I'll, I'll put it, if, if I can still, if it's still up, because it was on Tony Merkel's The Confessionals. Um, and it was one of the older ones. It was one of his very first ones, but it was really good that Zach King, and Zach King gives this talk a lot. Right. He's out there because this is what he does now. He goes out and speaks out. And somebody asked him, like, well, aren't you? He had to run for a while. He went on the run. He had this incredible supernatural experience with this woman who came into a shop that he was working in. He is, as he was, he had quit saying, but he was a high wizard, people. Let's just like, let's say that he was not like some puny person that did not have power. He said, at any one time in the world, there's between one and five high wizards. And he was one of them. And what the high wizards do, he's like, we perform spells. We perform spells. He's like, you know, for um, kings and queens, he's like in countries where they used to have a queen, hint, hint, he would perform spells for them. He's like, you have a rock star. You want a one hand wonder. You want to be rich and famous for the rest of your life. He goes, you're asking a high wizard. He's like, that's what you're doing. And they're performing spells. And so this is what he did. He met presidents, ex-presidents, future presidents. Mm-hmm. Um, believe it or not, guys, he did say he never saw Trump at any of those things that he went to, Bohemian Grove, by the way. He saw mm-hmm. a lot of other people um, that have been president. So that was interesting, I thought, especially because some people would be like, I know that Trump had to be there. He wasn't. Um, but that was That's fascinating. Right. Yeah. And he talked about like um, some of the bands that he knew. So specifically one of the person in one of the boy bands that uh, he knew. And once you hear him tell it, you know who he's talking about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know who he's talking about for sure. Yeah. And he was saying in the pink video, um, like a pill, I think. 
Uh, I know it's one of them. There's a high wizard in there. And he said, and they show him four times. And that was the kind of makeup. High wizards have to wear a certain sort of uniform. He's like, but, and that was very similar to his. But he's like, but by the fourth time they show him, the high wizards actually what they call working a spell um, as the video is going on. It's weird because he's doing all these weird, I watched it just because I was like, oh, that's fascinating. Um, And I know that I've seen guys in that makeup. Oh, yeah. I have too. I just, I didn't know what it was. Yeah, I, I didn't. Neither. Yeah. And so this is a specific uniform and they're given sort of, you know, ideas on what to wear, but there's certain things they have to have, right? Um, a cane or a staff, right? That's right. And he chose a cane because he's like, you know, he thought a staff was kind of silly looking. And then that that skeleton paint, he said that's what he liked to use. And then that big top hat. He's like, in some places, he's like, he, if he had to, he'd go on a plane like that. He's like, people didn't even bat an eye. Which, don't you think that's weird? Yeah. Uh, well, it's about, if you're in California, no. Well, true. True. You know, because I used to live there. So, no. You'd be like, oh. Because literally, you go to the store and there's girls that are like porn stars that are walking around. Like, in maybe what they wore on the shoot that day. Like, you see, I mean, it's all manner of weird stuff there. True. So, you're like, yeah. I mean, would that is that any weirder than some of the other stuff? You're like, mm, you'd probably just be like, cool, whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Probably not anymore, too. It, it, right. Exactly. We, we live in that kind of world. So. <laughs> So um, he does end up uh, working this jewelry store. This woman comes in, buys something, and she, you know, she's like, "Hey, can I, can I give you something?" And he's like, "Whatever, man." You know, he's kind of jaded by his whole experience because now he's been whatever he's been. He quit it and sort of um, went off the grid because he didn't want to. He's bored, frankly. He's like, um, in, into what you said earlier, like Satan can't invent anything new. He's like, you know, right. I've done it all. He's like, I, I, I had. Every kind of sex you can imagine. He's like, and every kind of drug you can imagine. And I had all the money I wanted. I had all the things I wanted, but they were nothing. He's like, I was bored. I was not satisfied. He goes, and also, he goes, I kept thinking like, this is the evil of all evil. And there's no new sins. He's like, there's nothing. He's like, you know, you'd get excited because somebody's like, hey, here's a new drug. And he's like, I'm thinking, oh, a new sin. He's like, and I would go to try it. And he goes, you know, and, and then he's like, you know, you rip into the wrapper all excited. He's like, and then you realize it's even if it's a new cocaine, it's still a kind of cocaine. He's like, you've been there, done it. You felt it. He's like, it's nothing. He's like, and that's what he's like, well, why can't there be a new sin invented? So he's like, he was totally bored, totally jaded. So he quit, went on the run. Cause he's like, the only way out is suicide or they kill you. Right. It's like, so, um, he went, works the jewelry store. This one went, can I hand you something? She hands him this blessed metal of sorts and he touches it. And the woman is, they're both brought to a weird place. Do you remember anything about it? Just that he said that they weren't in the mall anymore. They were both just suddenly in a different place. He didn't really describe the place. Yeah. But he did say that, like, I think he's Catholic, so he called her the Blessed Mother and Jesus were there. Yep. And he said the woman knew everything he had done, knew Mm -hmm. every abortion he had committed, knew everything. Any sin he had done, so it, it he's like that. That was he, and he was terrified because he did not expect this from her. He's like she was this unassuming mom. He's like, and nothing spoke of the power that that had. He, and he said that as much powerful as he had as a high wizard was nothing in comparison to what this woman had with that medal. He's like nothing was as powerful. He goes, yeah, and Jesus and Mary were there, and. He said he knew the instant he saw Jesus that he had been forgiven of everything he had ever done. 
which was incredible mm-hmm. because he did a lot. <laughs> and the other thing, which I thought was amazing, especially when people are going through, you know, and this is speaking specifically, people have had really terrifying supernatural experiences and who they, that have had something demonic come in and say, I own you. Um, you're mine. That's why I'm here. You're one of us. And, and, and anyone, and <laughs> for whatever you guys might believe, there are people that have had this experience and um, lots of them. And they, for whatever reason, because this thing is so terrifying and seemingly powerful, it comes in and it torments them by telling them, I'm here for you. You're one of us. Just join us. He said, I love this. Pay attention because it's amazing. My favorite part. <laughs> I love it. Do you want to say it? No, go ahead. I want to hear it from you. Really? All right. So he told him, um, so Jesus forgives him. And he said, this is what I didn't realize is that Jesus told me the devil can't claim what he already paid for, that he had been ransomed, that there's nothing before he was even born. He was paid for. His soul was ransomed by Jesus. When he died on that cross, before he ever knew him, he cleared him. He's like, I have bought and paid for you. You are mine. No one owns you except me. And he said in that, because he really thought, I am irredeemable. I am going to hell. I've already made the deal. And Jesus was like, that is not true. I paid for you. You can't sell to Satan what's <sighs> not his. I love it. What he does not own. I love Jesus that. bought and paid for you. Done. Satan can't take that. Done. Done. Finished. On the cross. Finished. So, and I hope somebody that's having these type of experiences is listening to this right now. And if they, if you know someone, at least tell them which part of the podcast to listen to and tell them that that is 100% the truth and tell them to confront that thing and say that. You can't have me. You don't own me. Jesus paid for my soul already. You must leave. You liar. They are liars. That's it. The Bible's clear. They're the deceivers, the king of lies, the king of chaos. That's what they're there to sow. But know that. Know that that is 100% true. And that's where he came with this. And he's, you know, people said, why aren't you afraid? Aren't you afraid? He's like, no, because I know where they hide. But I know where God is. He's in the light. So I'm going to stay in the light because the moment I go into the darkness, they'll find me. So he's like, that's why I'm out here. He's like, and that's why I'm vocal about this. because. If I'm in the light, they can't hurt me. And like we talked about this earlier, but it's like what he just said. God was so much in, is, not was, but in that moment for him was, and is so much more powerful than anything that he had from Satan. Amen. He said, you know, that, that whatever happened in that moment was so incredible and so powerful that in that moment, he immediately, immediately started I, going to church and being discipled because he was like, whatever that is, I want a piece of that piece. That's right. So it was an amazing story. And oh, so good. I know, and I've tried to contact him since then. I'll try again because I'd love to talk to him and find out what he's doing. I know that he has a whole ministry that he is a part of now and he has a book that he wanted to put out. But anyway, fascinating stories. I love hearing stuff like this. And we'll talk about more of this stuff because I know Jen loves it too. I love it. We, I love it. We want to talk about the Ouija uh, board episodes that we've heard. We're going to have to do that. Because I have done the Ouija board and um, I've had friends. I've never touched it. I have friends that still do. 
that, um, you know, in their practice, they, they still use it. I, yeah, we'll, we'll have to do a little bit of a deep dive on the history of the Ouija board and where that came from and, uh, all those sorts of things. Cause it's, it's, it is interesting whether or not, you know, you aspire to play with one, which I would say don't because you don't know those things that you're contacting. There's rules too. I didn't know there, there were all these rules. Cause when we played, we were just little kids. We, were, we didn't know the rules. We didn't know that you have to say hello, goodbye. You have to tell them we're done talking. You have to close the door. You have like, there's, I didn't know any of that. Oh yeah. There's this whole thing. There's a way that you have to warm up the board to open the gate. Yeah. Did you know? And then you have to close it. What? No, I did not know any of this. And this is the problem is I don't think a lot of people know that. And they're messing with stuff they don't know. Right. And just the tool alone, the way that it's meant to be used. Like, um, <laughs> I don't know. You know, there, there'll be a lot of people that are like, that's not even true. I don't know. Just look up the videos. You can see them. It's real. It's happening. It's freaky as hell. Like, it's it's weird. And why wouldn't Satan use it? You know, that's the other thing that um, in listening to some uh, ex-Illuminati and Satanists speak, there aren't many that are brave enough to go out there and speak about it, but the ones that do will tell you that Satan doesn't care if you're naive to these things. If it's something he can use, he's going to use it. He honestly probably prefers that you're naive. Yeah, because then you can be easily, in my view, strung along. Yeah. And that's why the whole children thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean. Agreed. Yeah. That's why I think that that happens, right? It's a child. Mm -mm, I don't think so, guys. I don't think it's a kid. (laughs) Just saying. But, you know, it's the least troublesome thing, right? It's the thing that you – because you want to help then, right? Right. It puts you in a state of vulnerability and openness. But anyway, we'll talk about that later. But we hope you guys had a great time listening to the podcast as we meander through these things. And um, we hope that you guys had a great Christmas. And we hope that you have a blessed year and just – uh, share the podcast, please. It would help a lot. Also, reviews really help because it's a relatively new podcast. And so the only way to be found on the algorithms, if you don't kiss a lot of butts, and I really hate social media. <laughs> um, and is, kissing butt. Right? Yeah, it's both those things I'm not very good at. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, reviews help. They help me a lot. And also sharing the podcast if you love it. If you didn't, I'm sorry, but you stuck around for a really long time then. <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing? Nobody's got that much free time, man. <laughs> Anyway, we'll be back. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks, you guys, so much. You have a blessed week. Happy New Year. Bye. Bye.